0: Butterfly, butterfly, pretty butterfly. When I see you flap and wink, I know when it's time for
1: spring. Butterfly, butterfly, pretty butterfly. Hi, everyone. This is the Honest Participants Only. I can never get it out right straight away. This is the Honest Participants Only podcast, and I'm back again to discuss human driven engagement and I have two amazing panelists to join me today to discuss that topic with so hello to Nazmin hi Naz how are you doing
2: hi Shay hi Shay thank you so much for inviting me to your really really lovely podcast
1: no problem I'm really looking forward to doing this with you and also we've got Catherine hi Catherine
3: Hi there. Hi. Thanks so much for inviting me. Really looking forward to today and to see what we're going to be covering in this topic.
1: Oh, honestly, this is a topic and I was saying it to you guys before in the green room. It's, I don't think everyone can speak to this topic. So you were top of my list and I'm so glad you both said yes. So let's do this. Naz, tell us about you. Who are you? What do you do? Etc. So on and so forth.
2: So my name is Nasmin and I'm a solicitor working for National Pharmacy Association um, we're in their legal department and I, on my day-to-day basis I deal with clinical negligence claims uh, relating to pharmacy dispensing errors uh, and any just general pharmacy malpractice and it's a trade association I work for and there's a lot of things that we can get involved with because it's a trade association that represents independent pharmacies and pharmacists across the country. Uh, I'm also an elected councillor for Bedwell Ward in Stevenage, uh, a job I really, really enjoy the most uh, because it allows me to work in the community, uh, work in Stevenage and work on various issues that affects our residents and to play a small part in determining the future of our beautiful town.
1: Thank you so much, honestly, you're awesome. That's all I'll say on that. And Catherine, do you want to tell us about you and the amazingness that is you? Uh,
3: so oh, where to start? Um, I'm a leadership and career coach. Uh, my background, uh, my early career was spent in corporates and I was fortunate to work through pretty much all the different departments um, in the organizations that I worked in um, till I found the place where I felt I really belonged and that was uh, very much people centric. Um, and um, that I, I was born in the UK, but grew up in South Africa. And when I returned to South, to, to England in 99, I joined the startup world um, in Cambridge. So there was a lot happening there. Uh, I worked with some university spin outs and um, other VC funded companies. And that really was where I think I found myself. So it was it was people and it was small businesses. Uh, it was connecting with others, helping them, helping identify where it was they wanted to get to, and then helping them on that journey. Um, about 15 years ago, I did my um, coaching training and uh, now focus uh, on, on career coaching. So that's everything from a new graduate going into their first role and wanting to have an external sounding board to help them um, you know, map out their career and um, you know, achieve, achieve their dreams right the way through to you know, a company chair man or woman who is um, working out what they want to do for their final legacy project. Um, It's the dream job, I've designed it. And I love that my job is helping people find their dream jobs as well.
1: Oh, I love that so much. And I'll say to everyone listening or viewing this, you can see why these are the people i chose to be on this panel before we move on i'm going to move us around i would like you two to be up the top excellent that's better so um yeah today we're going to be discussing human driven engagement and with the work that both of you do it's quite obvious that you you come across this kind of need to engage in a humanitarian way. I don't know if that's quite the right word to use, but Catherine, you were just talking about the fact that you engage with people all the way from, you know, people who leave their studies and they're just getting into the workforce and those who are at the end of their kind of, you know, career and potentially are going to be retiring or they just want to leave something good in the world. And I know that you have a background kind of in HR as well. and. I just wanted to address the fact that, and, and if you have anything to add, the fact that even HR isn't called HR anymore. It's called what? What's the term is? There, was, there, there <laughs> are there so, are so many different terms. Yeah, it's,
3: you know, it's, yeah, head head of people and culture. It's yeah. um, you know diversity. Quality inclusion all comes into that. No, it's it's definitely not that sort of you know that that sort of human resources. I think actually it's you're raising an interesting point because that human resources was almost um, you couldn't use those two words together. It was so unhuman. So this yeah. really is about people. It's about engagement. It's about yeah humanity, a human centric approach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. HR got this such a bad name. <laughs>
1: It really did. It really did. And I, um, I've had chronic illness for most of my life. And when I was working at, I worked at Cancer Research um, Campaign before they became Cancer Research UK because they merged with Imperial Cancer. And I used to have to go and see HR because that was before I understood some of my chronic illnesses and I didn't have diagnoses and stuff. And it would just fill me with dread. Right, mm-hmm. but actually, here we're talking about human driven engagement, and we're talking about you know uh, that particular part we were talking about human resources. It should have felt filled us with something a bit safe, right? We should have felt that we were safe going to this place to have this conversation, but you're so right, it, it got a bad rap, and it hasn't. And it still uh, does.
3: It still does. You know, the clients clients that I work with, their view of their, you know, generally their human resources departments leaves so much to be desired. It's moved so far away from helping people in the organisation to give of their best and to you know, work towards this common goal. It, it couldn't be further from that. And the more data-driven yeah. it becomes, and I understand the need for, you know, the, the role of data, but the more data-driven it becomes... Uh, the further away we get from actually getting to the heart of helping people make a difference.
1: So in that vein then, do you think, um, and this can be to both of you, do you think that this is a phase? Do you think that the focus on human-driven connection, engagement, all of the things, do you think it's just another buzzword that's out there that we will ruin and it will become like HR and we will then move on to something else. Or do you think there's something in it?
2: I mean, terminology in the workplace definitely has been changing over time. Um, same goes with HR. We also do have, we, just very recently at National Pharmacy Association, we had a team called the Facilities Team. Um, now it's been rebranded to the Workspace Team uh, to give a bit more depth to actually they do more than just taking care of the facilities they actually do take care of more the general day-to-day of what goes on in our workplaces so the workspace team um that's what we've had it rebranded and and i i think it's just um making it a bit more clearer as well so for suppose if somebody was to join from abroad an organization uh, for them to understand okay facility like i'll give an example of facilities hr might be more of a universal term but facilities uh, might not necessarily be a, a universal term oh uh, facilities wh- which department is that what What do they do there uh, so for us to actually have more clearer words so that people do understand better and, and again from an engagement point of view it's always when we're having discussions with people even if it's those who are working in these relevant departments okay what is it that you feel that you can identify yourself with because at the end of the day we're all very different from one another our perceptions are very different from one another and unless you're working in a particular role how, how is it that you want us to portray how is it that you want us to engage and how do we collectively work together and come up with a solution so that was an example I had which I noticed very recently in one of my workplaces we've had a department have a name change
3: yeah. yes i um i've got a, a couple of things there one is around three quarters of the clients who come to me for career coaching come from different backgrounds so they've never worked in or they've they've worked in the uk but they started their career in a different country and they just reach out for that opportunity to say hey this this is what i'm struggling with um you know i come from India and I'm told to bring my lunch into work and I bring it in and everybody goes oh what's that smell um because they all sitting, you know they could be sitting there eating you know avocado and uh, falafel wraps mm-hmm. and uh, or sandwiches other things but there's this kind of oh you know you don't want to you want to fit in you don't want to stand
2: out you want to be embraced you're, you're right I think it's this whole thing of fitting in um another work culture thing as well when when employers are interviewing Sometimes if there might be a lot of candidates who have a lot of similar experience, similar education level, but it, uh, there is a, a an element where they see, will they be able to fit into our workplace? Yeah. Um, well, how's their personality like? Because as I say, and I've heard it numerous times from senior level when they say, oh, they might be really fantastic at their job. They might be highly educated, but will they fit in with the people? Because one bad apple, um, they can rot the entire fruit bowl. that's an example I've heard in the past but I think is that sometimes we're so scared to be different because we don't want any attention because I think it's quite nice actually if someone did come into work with a food that I've never actually had before and the curiosity element oh what is it that you're having sometimes it can be an icebreaker as well yes Um, getting to know someone like even food food brings us all together actually <laughs> it does it does yeah. so, so i think that's
3: a, I think you know that th- that point there of will they fit in i mean maybe that question needs to be how do we make sure they fit in because yeah. we you know they are bringing yes. experience or talent expertise that that we're wanting to have. how do we make sure that they you know if if they come from a different phase different background if they you know maybe want to pray during the day what's how, how how do we maybe need to adapt how do we need to adapt the business to introduce more diversity into the business uh, i think going back to that that that, that initial question shay around this uh you know this human um uh what, what was it human driven human driven engagement right. uh, Yes. Yes. So, so that that is a phrase, You know, is it something that's that's a phase and a fad? And and, and we'll, um, to me, it's a movement, and it encompasses probably the majority of, of other social movements as well. And how can we make any progress on any of the issues that are being highlighted? Where we are today, whether it's you know, the Me Too movement, the Black Life. Um, black lives matter any of those movements if it's not done from a human-centric place if it's not done from a place of share your story share your lived experience because that is how we that's how we become educated that's how we can recognize our own prejudices or our own privileges even and go okay i'm learning something here so to me Yes, it, you know, we, we, we might end up with a, a different term a few years from now, but nothing gets away from the fact that the only thing that is going to bring us together, whether it's at a community level or globally, is going to be through recognising our shared humanity.
2: And that's really well I said, actually. Absolutely, because it, it does start with one movement. It does start with one voice. And one thing I've learned is whether it's working in the community or working in corporate, people sometimes don't understand the value of how that one voice can make a difference. And it is starting with a movement. One voice can actually encourage other people to speak on things. Actually, this is my view. What do you think? Sometimes differing views are not all so bad as well. You get a different perception, you learn from it. And Mm -hmm. when all the voices start to get together, whether it's from street level, local level, from a town level, national level, international level, it does start a movement, and you know it would be really good to see um how far you know this goes as well i yeah.
3: I, I agree i think i, th- I think it, it it certainly starts with one person yeah. i think that the book that really helped me recognize that I needed to get out of myself and 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 start i suppose start being braver and forget about. You know, excuses in my mind, mm-hmm. like my, my imposter syndrome. Just get out there and use my voice and talk to people. And um, so, so that book was that was um, "Speaking Truth to Power" by, by mm-hmm. Jess Phillips. And what she talks about there was she uses the the, the Grenfell uh, collective mm-hmm. as an example of yes, you know, there's we've we've got this message, we, this change needs to happen, or this message needs to get out there. Um, but do it in an organized way. So, you know, you can take an opposing view, you can, uh, you can be angry, you can, you know, right, you know rightfully so, with, with, with so many um, of the injustices that have happened, but, the, but when you are going out there and campaigning for change or campaigning for, for um, you know, whatever it is, know, really know what your end goal is. Begin with that end in mind and do it in that organised way and that i just learned so you know just reading that you know what does the last step look like you need a concrete plan to be able to get there and it has to be more than just a grievance those were her points and you know those really stuck with me um as a a foundation for bringing lasting change
1: honestly both of you i feel like we could speak on this one part of the topic (laughs) all day and i love hearing you both, because, you know, my interactions with you have been all focused on a, a, the kind of connection, the dynamic. We we weren't just colleagues or friends. We were connecting in a different way. We can pretend to be colleagues and friends with everybody, but it doesn't stick. Uh, but I know that you both kind of operate in that way. And someone else, we've got a guest uh, who's just joined us in the studio, someone else who operates in a very 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 human centered way is our guest um Atra. hi oh we can't hear you it hold on i'm I've muted, muted I'm, I'm i'm
0: i'm sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry love the conversation love love the conversation hello ladies how are you hello it's lovely to meet you <laughs> lovely to meet you guys as well
1: hey, so Jen. tell us Oh, hey, girl. <laughs> so I've, I hope you're okay with what I put down um, as your description, right? You gave me yeah. your name, leader, visionary, entrepreneur. If I could have fitted more things on there, I would have. So tell us a bit about you. Just say hi to the people and let us know who you are.
0: Well, um, my name is Ajwa Ramsey. Um, I loved how you put me down, leader, visionary, entrepreneur. I think I am all those things. Um, I am a minister in a church that me and my husband run, but I also run um, a few women's ministries. I'm also kind of helping people fulfill their dreams and kind of going after what they see in their heart to do. And so... There's a plethora of things that I do, but I'm a mother of three amazing kids, the grandmother of one of the most talented young women in the world. She's eight, but she's everything. And then been married to my husband for 25 years. So just
1: a little bit about me. Nothing much. (laughs) Uh, And I'm going to do that annoying thing that people do. Does she not look like she's 25? Like, I was going to say that as
2: well. I just think, oh, looks like someone in their twenties, and then I have married to my husband for twenty-five years. <laughs> I, 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 I tell you know what, I Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you have beautiful glowing skin, by the way. I have to say, very youthful looks.
0: <laughs> thank you. I, I want to say it's my kids. They they keep me young because to keep up with kids these days, even though all of my children are in their twenties i just be like, oh, Jesus, I got to keep up with them. So I think that they help me stay youthful. And then my granddaughter always has me doing, we do TikToks and we do stuff. So, you know, <laughs> life helps you, helps you keep that, you know, that youthful grace about you.
1: <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm not going to expose anything, but obviously you were here, we we're talking about human driven engagement. And even yeah. the reason that you're late coming on is because you were engaging with, um, you know, in a human centred way with someone from your congregation. And that again is why I chose you. That's why I asked you. Um, because all of you have this element of just being kind first before everything oh. else. And that really comes through when engaging with you. So we've been talking about um, what human and driven, what human driven Engagement years and whether we think it's a phase, whether we think it's just terminology or whether the principle behind it is going to change. And that's what you came in on. But what I would love to know is are there principles or tools? And I might actually put this in a uh, thing you did so that you all can see it. Are there principles or tools that you have or use that inform the way that you engage or interact? So here we go. Oh.
0: I love that. Um, Are we to answer the question?
1: Yeah, go for it, go for
0: it. (laughs) Um, You know, obviously for me personally, um, being a a, a Christian, um, there are a lot of things that I look at in my life. And I think one one of the main things that I truly try and live my life by the principle is the Bible tells me that I have to love my neighbor as I love myself. And I think that that's a core principle for me from the standpoint of how would I want to be treated in every situation? Would I want to be treated fairly? Would I want to be looked at from a place of love instead of disdain and hate? And so that, for me, it fuels the way I interact with people because I always remember you remember you're human first and so how would you want to treat someone or how would you want them to treat you should the shoe be on the other foot because I think so many times we can sit on high horses and we can pedal out how we feel about a situation but we forget you may only be one move away from sitting in that same seat so you have to be very careful about how you treat people and yeah for me I think that's one of the core things like I've always just had that that heart drive that no no matter even how I feel about the situation I always think it could be you how would you want to be
1: treated yeah yeah I think even if you're not a Christian even if you're you don't have faith or whatever it is the principle stands right yeah Sorry, Nas. you were, you were
2: going to say something. No, no, no. I, I was going to say it was similar to myself as well. Like, as a Muslim woman myself, um, for similar principles. I'm very scared of hurting someone or upsetting someone. Or if my action, even if it was unknowingly, did something that didn't come up with a desired result, I'm scared of the day of judgment when I have to face my creator. And that person is there saying, you know, during their time here, this person really helped hurt me um and i do believe in the whole good deeds and bad deeds that they do come about um sometimes we have to pay for for it here and sometimes in the world thereafter and that's something i think somewhere that's kept my heart a bit soft because you can be i think there is that misconception as as well people do think if you're soft-hearted you're not strong willed or strong minded as well trust me you can have that combination and especially um as women particularly there's this a lot of uh, idea of how women should be Portrayed like this, I don't know. Strong-willed women, you can't, you know. So, well, if you're a bit soft, um, then you can't. But I say these are certain principles. Again, my faith being one as well, and, and my parents' upbringing—it's um, kept me my heart quite soft. With I actually, I'm very fearful, God-fearing, especially I love fearing that I don't hurt someone because it does come about, um, and that's I think that's the way I carry myself during my day to day as well. Um, to have that compassion for the people you work with and sometimes we're not not we're not saints I'll be honest there's no such thing as being saints. there are going to be people who do drive you crazy <laughs> 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 there are people who drive you crazy uh, and you have to work with them uh, I, I try you know try my best not to be you know quite you know rude or anything because that's not what I was taught I will never be very very rude with someone that's not how I've been taught because I know one thing I'll feel very guilty myself that I'll actually if I I spoke a bit out of how I normally would to someone. I would actually feel really sad myself and I wouldn't be able to sleep all night thinking about it. But as I said, like, we do have our moments where we might have behaved in a way where maybe was a bit out of character and, and it does make me feel guilty. But that's why there are certain, like, my faith and my parents' upbringing is something that tries to keep me on my toes. We're all human beings. We come from the same place and we're going to go in the same place as well. So that's something I, I usually
1: yeah, oh, thank it. you so much. And this is really interesting. So let me ask you this, Catherine. Um, is what Adra and Naz just said, is that about us having self-awareness? Because there's, there's, I might not want to, my intent might not be to hurt, but if I'm not even yeah. aware that I'm hurting you, I think I'm doing the best human-centred engagement ever. Yes. Is there something about self-awareness in that?
3: Uh, yeah, um, I, 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 if, if there isn't self awareness, then what are you bringing to the party? You know, are you sleepwalking through life? And so I come from a very different place. I was I was brought up Catholic, and um, I'm now atheist. So I don't have that. You know, I, I'm I'm not drawing on um, believing in that God or believing in that afterlife. I'm you know for me it's about it's about the here and now and about my conscience. Um, now, I know as well that, you know, all my my religious upbringing, certainly, you know, that doesn't go away. So I can be atheist, but it's th- still going cracky. If it was a day of judgment, what would, um, <laughs> you know, what am I going to say? How am I going to defend myself? Um, mm-hmm. But I think you can be, you know, regardless of your your religious or not upbringing you can be a decent human being and it comes mm. back to humanity it comes back to compassion and it comes back to humility as well so it's it, it's recognizing that you know i've i've got my my views my upbringing my experiences i will have some unconscious biases and prejudices and I am very human in wanting to uncover what those are. And I know I get things wrong. I can, you know, try as I might to, um, you know, to say the, the right thing. But th- th- there are things I don't know yet. And I think that gives, me, um, that gives me the humility. It gives me the confidence to go out there and, and kind of be me um, and know that I can make a mistake and apologise and somebody might accept the apology. Or they might go, oh, well, you're just one of those who thinks this or that um but you know I can I can live with that um, can, can, and I know I've, I've probably not directly answered your question Shay can you re- ask that again and <laughs> <No, laughs> um, cool. it's about self-awareness wasn't it yeah it starts with self-awareness it starts with wanting to understand more so yeah. whether you are a you know, an 18-year-old student or a sixty-four-year-old white CEO of a multinational corporation, if there are things out there that you that you're kind of getting the sense that you're not getting it, you're not understanding, rather than disagreeing or saying, Oh, yeah, yeah, I get it, or you know, it's this newfangled thing or it's politically correct, whatever, just just stop and and read up about it, learn about it. Talk to me, you know, just reach out to me on LinkedIn and, and I'll have a chat with anybody who thinks I'm being left behind here. There's all of this stuff going on with all of these movements. And I I just want to try and find a way forward because I think, well, talk to any of us, talk to any of the four of us. If anybody watching this is thinking, I just don't get it and I'd like to know more um, because yeah. that is the first step, you know, got those four levels of of change, aren't there? You know, towards conscious competence, um, uh, unconscious competence. And it starts off with saying, wow, I don't know anything about that. And I'd no. like to- know more.
1: This is why I love Katherine, everybody. Yeah. So, <laughs> but also, also, I feel like I'm having to take one of the questions that I have much lower down and I'm gonna have to bring it up here because everything that you've said, all three of you, really leads to this question how do we bring people along we've all got our principles we all know what we believe and why we're doing this we know our purpose we know our why now right we understand so now as with you being a counsellor you understand why you're out there cleaning and coming back home dirty and your mum's like why are you covered in mud you know why. (laughs) you know why you um were on a call with people who are in your congregation and you're just like, what do you need? You know your why. Catherine, you know that when you decided that you said it was your dream career, you know that when you decided that this is how you wanted to impact the world, you know your why. Um, Not everyone knows their why. So how do we bring people along with us? let's start with you, Catherine, if that's okay. Sure,
3: so um, number one is hearing their stories. So whether I'm working with an individual or a team of people. So I, I've been thinking back to Tuesday when I had a, a room full of people in a in a brilliant small business. And if once I've heard people's stories of where they're at and what they think, I've got that end goal inside. And it's their goal, it's their shared goal. I can use their words and their experiences to help them move forward. So it's like this collective. I go and stand in all of their shoes. I want to know, I want to understand, I question, I listen. And when I feel that I've got it, and, and, and it's not me thinking I've got it, I can then play it back and go, ah, oh, okay. So what you're saying is this, this, and this, and this is why, and they go, yep. Or, mm, you know, I wouldn't say angry, I'm livid, I'm furious. <laughs> uh, but using their, using their language um, and their words definitely helps you bring them forward.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Adra. Um, I
0: I love exactly what Catherine said because I feel like people's stories build communities, and I feel like if you are able to show them the impact of what this community and what their story can bring. Um, to let's say the end result or the end goal, I think it will be so much easier to bring people along. I think so many times we try and bring people along by bashing them with why, this is why you should do this, this is why you should love this. And it's like, well, why? Why should I love that? But if you come to me, like even when I think about it, if you come to me as, as as a grandmother, and you say to me, you know, your granddaughter in about 10 years the one that you love that you that you dote on in 10 years she's gonna need x y and z it brings me to a place where i'm like well wait a minute this doesn't just benefit me and it's not just something someone's trying to shut down my throat but it's a it's something that that uh Mm. encompasses my community and my vision and my heart and so oh oh
1: jesus she disappeared
0: Sorry, sorry. I'm oh, I, right. what there. I think, I think my, mom, my mom tried to call me. You know, your mom okay. just—moms just never get it. They never understand. I'm busy. Okay. When, I, when, when you're when you're able, exactly like what Kathy said, when you're able to get the story and the heart behind. um where people are and where they're going i think it's so much easier to help them come along with you do you know what i mean i think community Mm. is everything i think people want to feel community like no matter where you go they want to feel like they belong they want to feel like um i'm not being forgotten and i think you you do a disservice to people when you try and bring them somewhere, but you don't understand where they've been and what they've dealt with. Um, so I, I, I fully agree with Kathy, and that's why she is who she is. And we just-
3: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody
0: is trying to call me guys. What is happening?
1: But you, that's this is my, how popular you are.
2: That's my answer. A lot of human-driven engagement. <laughs> <laughs> can can, can right. I add something
3: to, to, to what you were saying there because it was in the news yesterday and it was about, um, I don't know whether you heard it, but it was about the, the, the 30 recommendations for the Windrush reform yes, and yes. that um, so the, the previous Home Secretary agreed that all 30 of those recommendations were going to be taken on board and yesterday um, the new Home Secretary announced that three of them aren't going to be taken forward. And one of them was um, the suggestion, the recommendation to hold reconciliation events for the Windrush community. And I'm I'm raging inside, absolutely (coughs) raging, because having grown up in South Africa, so as a child in an apartheid regime where I was powerless, um, absolutely powerless to do anything, um, but I could see the injustices, to, to to and to then see what um, Desmond Tutu did with the Truth and Reconciliation um, um, was it a commission um, where they brought together um, victims and perpetrators to tell their story. It doesn't yeah, I'm going to say it doesn't cost anything. Of course, you know it it costs to be able to 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 do that, but. To, to To bring that to to bring people together to truly show understanding that to me changes changes the future changes. You know, we we can write new history.
0: I, let me give you the Nobel Peace Prize, girl. Let me give you the prize because I think that that is. You know, we want to force. Uh, you know, this is a conversation. No, nope, I'm not going to go there because I'll go down the rabbit hole. Go ahead. Go ahead, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm done. No, but you are right, it's so important having the reconciliation and people talking about it because if we don't talk about what's happened in the past, how are we going to move forward in a future where there is tolerance and acceptance? Yes. And that's something, again when you see on social media as well social media gosh everybody's a keyboard warrior there some people will have oh, is there any point talking about um you know american history slavery wind rush? is there any point talking about any of this it's, it's not relevant anymore you know we move on and we go. going and now, how can you move on when we haven't even addressed what's happened in the past yeah um, Honestly, so again no. it's, it's, it's accepting in every form, because the thing is, um, because you can't pick and choose which part of history you're going to accept and which part we're going to move on from. You, you have to address it all. If you want to live in a society where um, there's tolerance and acceptance of everyone, everyone should be made to feel welcomed and proud of where they belong from. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're all one mm-hmm. human race. But if we don't talk about, um, matters that's happened in the past, it's going to make you feel like, okay, that particular group is more favoured than the other. It shouldn't be like that.
1: So Naz, let me ask you this because you made a good point about social media and this is actually one of the questions. Um, So when we talk about methods of engagement, it changes when we're in the workplace. So we kind of touch on HR and you know occupational health and all of these things on social media there are people putting out great content some of those become influencers and have millions of followers some of those have 30 followers but they're still putting out great content in the home the way we engage is going to be different yet again and then in our communities it will change yet again but you mentioned social media this is my question to you Naz are we owed engagement just because I put out um really good content Am I owed a response? Am I owed celebration? Am I owed attention? What do you think there now?
2: That's a very difficult question, but I think in this world, (laughs) nobody owes anyone anything. Um, I like to say it like that, Um, because I think, okay, if we take an example of an influencer, um, they think, oh, automatically, I've put something up. I should get about hundred k likes straight away um it, it's not like because sometimes i have seen some content that are fantastic and put on social media but it's not had as much engagement and then there's someone who might be a influencer with like about 20 million followers and some of the content they put up um mm-hmm. might get a lot of engagement so it, it's, it's really hard to say it, it all just depends on what content is put up and how much it is actually benefiting the community um and as i said sometimes the truth or something that's quite right people might find it a bit boring and not engage on or something if it's like a comedic scene or someone fell off you know someone's having an argument or fight somewhere people are like, oh, this is quite juicy let me have a look at it um so it, it all does vary when it comes to engagement but I think since the introduction of social media um it, it's been a blessing and a curse at the same time uh, you'll have keyboard warriors out there as well sometimes saying if you're doing something good so there, there will always be someone who's not pleased um with any decision i think same goes with what happens in stevenage um there's a lovely facebook group here the stevenage forum uh, and someone will put a post up okay this is what's happening in town you'll have a list of comments which are oh this is so exciting this is happening in to our town then you will have a few why is this being built why are we having this here so it can go both ways uh, but when it comes to owing i mean as I said in this world nobody owes anyone anything it's a sad thing to say but um but i said like when i see on social media you do see some fantastic content but might not get the the hits as it deserves uh but i do think on social media especially if you're someone who has a lot of following uh there is a tiny bit of responsibility in you and what what you put up could have an influence in a negative way or in a positive way and and that's what it is do we look up to influencers as role models, um, because there are some influencers out there who are actually doing fantastic work. And, and then I look up um, and I think actually what that person's saying really, really does touch my heart. Um, I could give yeah. examples for myself yeah. as well. I do look up to Mufti Mink quite a lot because um, it's quite relatable and quite a lot of younger people look up to because he's not his tweets and stuff, they're not really specific to always religion. It is actually as an overall about as humanity. So, so there are some I do look up to uh, and, you know, but again, it, it depends on what way you want to take yeah. it really. There's no right no. or wrong answer. It's a very difficult question, Shay.
1: Thank you so much. I'm also, that was a great answer. I'm gonna ask you, Adra, the answer to this question. Girl, don't play with I'm me, no. <laughs> you,
0: are, you are not old engagement. This is one of the things, I am sorry. I agree with my sister so much. And I think she said it so eloquently. But I'm gonna be her because I know I know what was in her heart. I know what's in her heart. <laughs> this is one of the problems for me with the social media of today, this entitlement theory that we believe because I have expressed myself, I am due engagement i am do like you you should come and follow me i i <sighs> <laughs> it's just I think the way that you worded it was perfect because I think that that's the society that we live in now mm-hmm. we live in a society where we believe we are owed engagement for our opinions no matter how crazy and how, or how wonderful they are and I think it goes on both spectrums and I think just like she was saying there are some amazing things happening that get no recognition. And those people continue to just go by because their belief system is why they are pushing this thing out. It's not even necessarily that I need you to validate me. And I feel like that's what the engagements do. They're there to make you feel validated. And I feel like social media, like she was saying, it's a blessing and it's a curse, because I feel like it's heightened these narcissistic tendencies that we have that it's like pat me on the back because i said something that was triggering or you know be i guess uh, yeah. so for me no you are not owed engagement um do you have the right to share your opinion 110 share your opinion but you're not owed anything like i used to say to my kids like I don't owe you nothing. <laughs> like owe me. Because I just would want to I didn't want them to come up with this entitlements like mindset that says just because I think this way or oh, I'm here you like I just feel like that is just such an un- unhealthy way to live and it's not just unhealthy on those who are following you but it's unhealthy on yourself because if you don't get the validation that you feel like you need your life then becomes um it becomes moved and swayed by a tick by a comment and by a like do you know what yeah. I mean so yeah I'm sorry guys
1: no no mean, that's, if, that's, if, that's a great because yeah, um, yeah, no, another thing was sorry
2: now the thing was it's now that we're on the topic. Again, sometimes I feel like some of the engagements are artificial as well. So you have someone put a post up on social media. Then the message on the group chat with the link, Hi guys, I've put this on social media. Can you like, comment, and share, please? And right. Like, that's not um, original, authentic engagement. It's all just for the to show people. Oh my god, my post is getting a lot of hits because. People I know in my group, have, I've told them to do this. And, again, it's that entitled. I mean, you've, you've said it really well, actually, actually like because it's not authentic when you're having to ask someone, can you, like, share and comment on it? Because just let people go behind the phone. You don't owe anyone anything in this world, unfortunately. Like, this is the hard quantity. <laughs> and I think the thing and is, the
3: thing thing is the if thing. Your if your self-esteem is based on how many likes you get... Um and you know, you can you can post as, as much as you like. So the last post you put on Instagram gets 80 likes, and you go, oh, you know, you get that hit, that rush of why people like it, and then five minutes later you can put the next post up and you get five likes. Mm-hmm. It's this whole it's this roller coaster Ooh. effect, and you know, this is what this is what we see happening. I I am so glad I've got three children as well, and I am so glad there's two in their thirties and one in their twenties. Mm-hmm. And you know they 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 grew up. we had one we had one computer in the house that they they all had to share to do their homework and they used to right. they used to load m s n on they used to load m s n chat on when they had their turn and then take it off before I got on there when they'd gone to bed um yeah. so they've grown up with it but they they haven't had they they haven't had to be you know a a ten year old or a twelve year old or a fourteen year old with Instagram and having to deal with all of that as children, with parents that don't get it, that don't understand. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just so glad. That is oh, a whole, that. And I let me
0: just say, go. girl, you are hot tamale about you got a third, 30 year old children. You're looking good, girl. <laughs> hot, you so are good. hot tamale, you better come on and shake it and show us what you're working with, girl. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> and everyone,
1: this is why I love Adra. <laughs> No, this, <laughs> no, but you know, so bringing it kind of back to human driven engagement, because uh, everything you all have said is spot on. Um, But Catherine, it's interesting. And you know what I'm coming to now and you kind of led me there perfectly. You had a post online, which I would love you to tell everyone about in a moment that went viral. Your intent wasn't for it to go viral. You were sharing. Yeah a very human moment and in fact a moment that changed you in the moment so your intent when you sat on that train was to do something different and then you made a choice so can you tell us about that
3: yes I was um so this was uh, 31st of May last year I got in a train at Reading to go to Paddington so it's a 24 minute journey and horror of horrors it was half term so it was families and kids, and uh, I wanted to work on the train. That's what my plan was. And I sat down, and there was a mum with her two daughters on one side of the aisle, and then the other daughter was on the window seat. And I sat down in the aisle and I said, to her, Oh, you know, would you like to swap places so you can sit next to your mum? And she said, No, you know, I'd like to look out of the window. And I thought, okay, you know, hmm. I'll get my laptop out. Um, she said, I can't remember what, what it was she said, but I thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, I'll talk to her. I'll, I'll answer her. And she's looking out of the window. And I started to engage with her and she was engaging with me. I didn't get my laptop, laptop out for the whole journey. Um, we covered in those 24 minutes, um, you know, I know what her favourite Disney princess was. She taught me how to draw a pretzel. Um, which is a heart shape. Um, yeah, she, she kind of just showed me how to do it. She showed me her notebook, and I can't remember which way around it is. She said, "Yeah, this is my. It's it's a, it's a cheetah print on the cover," and I said, "No, actually, I think it's a leopard print," and she said, "No, it's cheetah." I said, oh, I'm sure it's leopard. And she said, Well, when I get home, I'm going to check my wild what my wildlife programme um and you know then we'll know for sure. Uh, gorgeous little girl, not precocious at all, that you know, absolutely not. And um the the way I actually started off my, my, my post on LinkedIn was by saying, you know, introducing it. I was offered a job this morning on the you know nine forty-five train um from from Uh, Reading to Paddington um, because I thought you know I do want to link this to the fact that I'm a career coach so kind of what's the story and so I just wrote down um, what happened because towards the end of the journey we were pulling into Paddington and I said to her I I, I loved sitting next to you thank you so much and you know maybe one day we'll meet again on a train and we'll be able to to carry on you know the conversation and she said no I I don't think that's very likely Uh, she said but you please, could you please give your mum my phone number, because we think you'd make a lovely babysitter, <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, I know, I know, so I've, I walked away, I, I wrote this article that evening, I got uh, 700,000 hits, about like 7,000 likes, 800 comments on the post, I think it was, um, just with, it, with a human story. Uh, yeah. but I you know and, and at the time I was just I was going from that place of why you know how did I not know it was half term? I can't, you know, I can't use these 25 minutes on the train to work now into the most brilliant human exchange. Um and she went away without knowing my name, I, I, I knew her name because she'd written it on her notebook, but people, people who actually commented on the post said, oh, you know, don't you want to try and find her? You know, this is a great news story. No, absolutely not. You know, let's keep, you know, that innocence, that her trusting a stranger and opening up and sharing all of that was, um, well, it was just such a privilege for me
1: yeah I love that story I love it so much because as you said it's got the human element it's got the fact that um, people engaged with it and saw the beauty in it the way you relayed the story uh, lets us know that you changed really quickly your mindset of I got to get this work done you know what there's something more important happening here and that's the part that I think we quite often lose we still are intent mm-hmm. on getting this done because this is what I need and we're missing yeah. the moments. We're missing the moments of connection and engagement, and that is problematic if we're not even aware of why this matters, right? And um, really
3: interesting looking at the, at the people's comments that they actually put on the post. So I, mean, I, I lost count of how many people um, posted their drawing of a pretzel um, because they wanted to try it out. And there were people saying, This is what humanity is all about, you know, let's just stop and and it was just lovely to see um, the, the impact that story had on people. And hopefully, you know, hopefully that does, I think, you know, those sorts of things, you want to have a ripple effect and that they will then go on and maybe also listen to a child on a train or remember, you know, I don't have small children in my life now, but the that the magic of, you know, children who are learning, who are curious, who are growing up in this world that. Um, you know, who knows what's going on. It's They are precious.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to share two quite negative experiences. They're going to be short before I come back to you, Adra and Naz, with potentially positive examples of human engagement that you've experienced. So get your thinking caps on while I share these two. Um, and they're really key because, again, it's not because they're my experience, but, again, it shows you how things can stay with you. And, Adra, I know that one of them, you will roll your eyes out because it's about TSA. We'll come to that one after though. So <laughs> they are just so aggressive. Uh, when I went into hospital for cancer surgery, I ended up in hospital for a month. They had cut me from my ear all the way down to my neck. The scar's still there. You can't see it. and I'm not going to show it to you. Uh, go read my book if you want to know more. Anyway. Uh, they had cut me, and my my whole I looked like an elephant woman. All of this was swollen. There was no kind of definition in my neck. I was very very sick. I have had chronic illness for most of my life. Most days I'm in pain. Most days I have nausea. Some days I can't lift my head. I deal with this all the time, but I am an expert at hiding it. I'm great at it. After my cancer surgery, I could not hide anything, and so. That month I spent in hospital, I needed medications, a variety of medications, one of which um, I still take now three times a day cyclizine, which is an anti-nausea. In the hospital, though, they don't let you take your medication. They prescribe it to you and so on and so forth. When I was um, in that ward, I think they might have been short of staff, can't remember, but they had bank staff who would come in and care for us sometimes. And I had asked for anti-nausea maybe 11pm the night before. And I don't sleep. I'm terrible at sleeping. But I'd asked for anti-nausea. It hadn't come because I was short of staff and whatever. At around 5am, a a nurse came in. And I'm going to tell you that she was African. I don't know what part of Africa, which is why I'm using the generalisation, and that she was black. And I'm telling you that for a reason. Because I'm assuming that she saw my skin colour and said, we're part of the same community, which is why she decided to tell me when I asked her about um, anti-nausea, uh, you don't need it. It's mind over matter. I had just survived cancer surgery. Didn't actually know, uh, you know, that I was going to survive it. Before that cancer surgery, I was given three months to live. All of this, so on and so forth. And there is this woman telling me that, who, who was bounced off. She'd never met me. She just came in to give us all at 5am to give us all of our medication, telling me without knowing me that I didn't need what I had always needed. So that's the end of that story. But I say it because it stuck with me and it impacted the way I feel about sharing my vulnerability in case it's rejected with medical staff and so on and so forth. And this has been um, a prevailing thing in my life with medical situations. And then the second one, same feeling different situation going on a cruise 2009 with the family uh we were in florida or new york i forget i don't know we we're in new york all the time was at the tsa and um, there was a line that you're not meant to cross we weren't sure if we were in the right line because there were always 74 queues out there um, so i stepped forward my foot was halfway over the line i stepped forward to say just to ask the tsa agent hi i'm so sorry are we Before any, I said, hi, I'm so sorry, she started screaming at me, top of her voice, in front of everyone, if you don't step back over that line, I'm going to send you home, blah, blah, never met me, I was just asking a question, very polite, timid, and tears were pricking my eyes because there were thousands of people behind me, I hadn't done anything, yet that need to um, put me in my place and threaten me with more than just putting me in my place, but say, like you will never enter this country again kind of thing really impacted me. And there were two things about that. Number one, there was no human driven engagement there. She, she was driven by, I don't know, by 9-11 or whatever it was but it certainly wasn't human. And quite often it is the what versus the how. So she could have told me that but the how she told me could have been different. And the woman, the nurse could have said to me, actually, are you sure? Da, 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 what's the story? And again, it's the it's the what versus the how. So, um, Adwa, how do you feel about our stories, mine and Catherine's stories, and do you have anything to say on that kind of the damage that interactions can do? And then, do you have your own positive story? Because we're sandwiching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to sandwich it. Um, I. I mean, goodness, human engagement. I think it's so, you said something really, really key, uh, Sam. A lot of the times, our hey. human beings, Shay, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, guys, I've known her for a very sorry, long time. I, I grew up Jay. with Sam,
1: so like, my Love middle is name my, is Sam, so everyone who knew bad. me from a young age knows me as that, but yeah. It's my bad, it.
0: Shay, please forgive me. <laughs> anyway, just edit that part out if you can. Um, <laughs> you said an amazing thing, Shay a lot of the times our human interaction is based on experience, good, bad, or indifferent. And so listening to your stories and hearing the other side, I'm like, wow, those are responses from what we've been told. Because, you know, uh, especially as Black women, we have been uh, told a lot of the times we can take more than we should. We're, we're strong black women, women, black women are supposed to be strong, and you know, you hold down the house. And so that filters into society to the point where when you know what's going on in your body, you're being told, no, you don't need it. You be strong. You know how you've been raised. And so I, I just find it so interesting. And I already know, less America's TSA, they need deliverance because something wrong with that. They are on a power trip. But I also think that's because of the country. I mean, I you know, I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in New York. But I think America in general has this command that they feel that they have over people. So you just see experiences being vomited onto those who just want to have a good time or just want help. Um, But then you have Catherine's story that literally, because I literally was imagining it as if she was sitting next to my granddaughter because my granddaughter would be that person. She'd be like, no, I don't want to sit next to my mom and my grandma. I'm looking and I'm doing something. And then, you know what I loved the most about that story? And I know this might sound really crazy. I love that she offered you a job. Like, (laughs) Like, who is boss woman exactly. <laughs> who, who understood I had, I had the keys to the, the, the purse, and I know what we need. Like, <laughs> for me, my mind was like, you know, she shared with you, and that's what I love. I love that she was able to be vulnerable enough to share with you what she loved, who she was, and that you were a trustworthy space. To the degree that she said, You're welcome in my home.
3: Yeah. I'm like, What? Wow, yeah. How old are you? Without right my now, parents you? there. Without my parents there. They're Without going out. My, like, I trust you.
0: I've, yeah. I've, I've placed, and I think that that conversation wow. is the human desire. Like, can I give you my vulnerable spaces and you not drop them? And you yeah. not just take them for granted because you know Catherine could have been like, "Oh, that's wonderful, darling," while still on her computer while doing her thing. Oh, oh, you're so cute. Yeah. But the fact that you fully engaged with her, let her know she's a trustworthy space. And I've only known her for 24 minutes, yeah. and at the end of that. I am I feel safe enough to say to this lady I'll give you a good I'll give you a good rep I'll' I'll, <laughs> give her, I'll, I'll, I'll let my mom know no she's good people mum this is what we need that for me blows my mind and so I think you know when we think about the, this this conversation um I think that's how we should always go in it like anybody I interact with anybody I meet, do they need a safe space at this moment in time? Yeah. Do they? Because the world is like, it's so hard, and and people just live a life sometimes so alone because they just don't know who they can trust. And sometimes a twenty-four minute journey is all they need to know you're not alone.
3: Yeah. You know what sometimes, I mean? Sometimes a thirty-second conversation a 30 with you're standing waiting for the tube, and you know what, You know, none of us is, none of us is perfect, because oh, yeah. my children will say, if I'm in, you know, tomorrow, if I'm in the queue at Tesco with one of my daughters, they're going to say to me, like, they have, "Mummy, you're so impatient, don't be rude, I'm going, I'm not being rude, I'm just in a rush, you know, but you know, that poor guy with his Zimmer frame, I go, what poor guy with his Zimmer frame, so, you know, it's kind of, we, you know, we need to be present as well.
2: Yes.
3: You know? And it's recognizing our
0: humanity. <laughs> definitely. I think it's like what you said earlier, Catherine, the self-awareness. I think if we just, if we, if we intentionally become more self-aware, just of our surroundings, just of yeah. moments, you know, one of the things that I, I just find myself doing is out if I'm in a park going for a walk. I will smile because I just don't know if they're going to see that. And I remember for my little short story, um, I I was doing a walk in my local park and there's there's an idea that I have because I'm trying to go into this filmmaking directing situation that Shay knows. I'm trying to step over into it. But there was an idea I had. And when I was walking around the park, I saw this Um, elderly gentleman and he was walking his dog and the dog was elderly and he was elderly and you just saw them pulling along and I looked up at him and I gave him the biggest smile because I was like you're so adorable and he smiled back and I was like how are you and he was like I'm good and we stood there for about 10 minutes from this big smile to this how are you and literally he just started to reel off where he's been, what he's done, the life that he's had, how he came to England. He was originally in the, he was um, was serving in the United States Army. And I mean, told me about his children in Chicago and how he was at one of the first openings of this. And I mean, just gave me his whole history. And I stood there and I said to him, thank you so much that you would trust me with something that's so dear to your heart. But then at the same time, when I saw him giving me his stories, the light, the way that his face lit up was like, wow, someone's actually interested. Like they're not so busy trying to do their power walk to stop and just say, how are you? Like, And I think that that is something that each and every one of your stories have, have, has shown me. You know, Catherine's story was, hey, hi, how are you to an eight year old? But um, a, a young woman, I don't know if she was eight. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Step, okay, yeah. I'm thinking about my granddaughter. But then also you Shay, when the woman came into the room, it should have been like, a, how are you? Are you okay? Or, or the TSA agent, oh, oh, are you okay? Cause I see you step, you, you see the, are you okay? But we, we were so busy in trying to get over and and do what we uh, feel we need to do in that moment, in that time, or, or or the way that our experiences have have led us, that we almost miss. I think, like what Catherine's saying, is that moment of compassion and um, just humility and ability to see someone else and be like, maybe I'm the only smile and the only how are you they're gonna get today. Do you know what I mean? So yeah.
1: We're absolutely you know- missing. We're missing the opportunity to communicate, collaborate, and learn yeah. because we're so stuck in what my purpose is for me or the organization in that moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you know what,
3: what came to me there was, and you know, this is this is really going to be ironic, I suppose, is the word given that I'm atheist. But when you when I remember reading this years ago, and I think it was attributed to Mother Teresa, and it was about when I look at another person, I see God in their eyes and that's oh, who I'm looking to. And you go, that's how simple it is. That's how simple it is. I love, I'm mm-hmm. taking that, Catherine. I'm it's taking, it. It. <laughs> I'm taking
1: One of the reasons, I think. <laughs> yes. Yes. Quick, quick, tell us, tell us your thoughts on it before as steals still more of our. Uh, uh, Catherine's. <laughs> well, I, I think it, you
2: are right. Sometimes it is that one conversation, that one smile, That makes such a difference that you could be having a really bad day but knowing that there is that one person giving you that that safe place let's say that way for temporarily you can forget what's happening in the outside world for a bit and that is actually a blessing and something that i would never take for granted actually you know the world it's not perfect um it's not all doom and gloom as well one thing you do learn is it's not always always doom and gloom when there is um, someone other, when I, I remember, I think I was having a really bad day once, and I was, oh my gosh, you know, when bad comes in threes, I actually felt that, and um, you know, I had my fairy godmother, I refer to as because for me she is my fairy godmother. He uh, came into my life, and you know, just out of nowhere, we don't share a blood relation, but she's very much like my grandmother, and she was like, okay, what's wrong? And I just. She was like, okay, do one thing, come home. (laughs) Come home. And, you know, over over food, uh, homemade food, I sat on her sofa eating away and just telling her that I've just had a really bad day today. And she was like, just tell me, tell me what's happened. And just, it was just for me, it was a really nice moment. It was really cold, rainy outside. I was in the warm on her sofa eating her food that she made. And just for someone to just listen to you. And that makes all the difference you want. And then you know, after when I left her house, I said, like, you know what? It wasn't even as bad as I thought it was. That all my problems just seemed so much more smaller because I I was able to just let it out. And you are right. Um, what Adwoa said as well. Like, you you might be the only person you see who's smiled at that person. You don't know what that other person is going through, and you can just make someone's day, and you just don't even realize.
1: Yeah. Thank you. It's it's interesting because. There's a Kurt Franklin song that came to mind when you said what you said, Catherine, in relation to what Adra said. And it's something like, um, a, what if I'm the only God they see? Oh. Or, you know, the, the the actual point they're making in that song is if I'm the only goodness, kindness, safety, um, you know, shelter in the time of storm, if I'm the only thing, I need to live up to that. I need to be intentional, like you said, Adra. I need to be intentional with giving um, what I have capacity to give. And that brings me on to the next question, and we will be wrapping up soon. But we're we're all sat here and we're talking about giving of ourselves and we're all comfortable in this position. Um, I'm not even sure how to answer the question, but I'm sure you will all know how to answer it. But the question is about safeguarding our capacity, Mm. knowing when it's okay to give and knowing when right now actually um let me allow god or or anyone else or the universe let me allow them to take care of this need because i don't have it Um, and i say that because i've been in that situation many times where i gave because it was the right thing to do and because i'm like well i i have what they need but what i didn't have is what i needed And that was just that I wasn't astute enough to know I didn't have capacity anymore in this moment. My world was emptying. So, yeah, what do you think about that? Is there anything, and you know, just a, a couple of sentences or whatever, is there anything you have to say about safeguarding yourself and protecting your capacity? I? Yeah, I yeah, you go, go first, first,
0: Catherine. <laughs> we just following your lead, girl. I'm going to take everything
3: you're saying, though. <laughs> um, for, me, for me, a huge learning was compassion for myself before I could be in a good place to help others. It was completely against everything I'd been taught. Um, because I went from, you know, early days of Sunday school where you're, you know, Jesus is precious lamb, you are this precious to being, you know, in the Catholic faith, the biggest sinner that's ever walked the face of the earth and repent ye shall. Um, so it was all about, you know, you've got to be good. You've got to be out there for others. You've got to be giving, you've got to be giving. And, you know, my, my, my partner said to me a, a, a few months ago, she's uh, she's very, very insightful. She said, what's your capacity? And I said, I, I, I don't even understand the word. Um, because, because maybe it's unlimited, but what I do know, what I do know is that I, you know, I can I can motor on for seventy two hours without sleeping because I'm on a mission. I'm talking. I'm working. I'm doing. But you know, I'm fifty. 50 I was gonna say fifty five. I'm fifty six years old. I cannot pick myself up like I used to be able to do. I have to look after myself first. So I referred then to like, you know, Buddhist teachings around compassion, compassion for yourself first, so that you are then rich enough to be able to give to others. And it's about for me, and it's something that I work with, with my clients all the time, you know, there, are, you know, three key things that we need to be able to get out there every day. And it's sleep, it's nutritious food and it's exercise. And if we're not doing any of those three things, we are not going out there as the best of oh, the sun's just come out as the best version of ourselves. And it it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do for women because we're told, you know, you've you've got to be, you've got to be the person, you're the nurturer, you're the you know, you can do anything, but we can't do everything. And if you're not looking after yourself first, um, we, you know, we have to safeguard
2: our capacity to put it back into your words, Shay. I agree with what Catherine just said, because um, I know full well, like if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to be able to do our work properly. And I know last year when I got elected as a councillor, at the same time, I also qualified as a solicitor and working both, because I was learning the ropes for both new roles and I was working around the clock. Um, now I'm a bit better at that. I give myself half days off. But before I wasn't, I'd work around the clock and I did suffer like two um, two burnouts in the space of six months. And when I had my burnouts, it literally meant I was ill and gone for a whole week at a time. So the fact that I was working so hard... Because I wanted to, you know, do do my job properly, but it also meant that I wasn't productive during the weeks that I was having burnout. So there wasn't point not taking care of my own health if I couldn't even do my job properly after. Uh, so that's why one thing I learned was really important is learn to say no, Ooh. because as yes. women we are right, we are expected uh, to be. There, I don't know why there's this. Um, idea that women know how to multitask know how to juggle everything actually we we don't i don't think the sole responsibility falls on us actually so we're expected to balance everything together um so so now i've learned to say no when i see my schedule is looking very very tight i have to give my apologies i say i'm very sorry i I can't even come for one hour even because it's not going to fit in so now what i do is i do give myself half day off in the week so yeah. in that half day off in the week i do whatever i want to do and i don't put any commitments in because that's something everyone is entitled to a bit of a break because mm-hmm. as said like you have to be in the best of condition if you want to do your work or will do the things that you enjoy because there's no point in having burnout so now thankfully i haven't had uh burnouts in recent times wonderful really? <laughs> you, <know, laughs>
3: you,
2: know, you know let me say this i think uh, Catherine, you said something that
0: I'm taking again. Um, you said, uh, women are told that we can do anything, but we can't do everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that that paradigm shift mm-hmm. is what a lot of us need because we feel like anything and everything are the same thing. Yeah. Yes. And they're not. Um, and then also with Naz, I love the fact that you know, you're saying, I'm now giving myself this time to just fill my cup because I'm always like, okay, have a week out sick or a week out on holiday. Which one would you prefer? I prefer a week holiday. And so if you know that you are constantly going in this, in this space and this vein, put your sell so first i i for me i have been i have hit burnout more times than i like to admit but one of the things that i really realized was agile you cannot give from an empty cup yeah i cannot pour from a cup that is not full i mm. cannot pour um pour from a cup that isn't nourishing me first I think so many times as women, like you guys have said, and we know this, we nourish everyone around us. We nourish family, we nourish kids, we nourish partners, we nourish workplaces, we nourish everything, but the thing that is giving the nourishment. And so for me, I have been very intentional with myself to say, "Ajua, are you full? And if you are not full, Pause everything else. And my family, I, I like, I bring people in, I'm like, let me tell you something y'all. <laughs> if you don't want me to go crazy, you better leave me alone for about five <laughs> minutes because otherwise we all going up though. No, we're all going up in smoke,
2: know. Going to
0: You know, <laughs> you know but, but I have just learned that no is my best friend and sorry, I can't today because there there is just a space that i realize if i'm not taking care of me if my mind mentally if i'm not there with and even like when you were saying that word capacity because i love that that's been like must've been like my trigger word this year and the ending of last year because i really believe capacity Um, It's not a bad thing because what it does is it shows you what you can and cannot hold. Um, Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we're looking at our capacity, we're thinking of it from a standpoint that I can, like like Catherine said, I can do everything. That is crazy to think that. Because something, Mm -hmm. and you know, something is going to give. And so for me, when it comes to this this subject, I, I am so keen on being good to me so I can be good to others.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. It's interesting that you mentioned about what you can hold because um, and I'm going to share the screen in just a second as we wrap up. I deliver some EDI training and on that training we do an exercise where I ask people to go and get a bowl of water. Make sure it is nearly nearly overflowing and I ask them to hold the bowl in front. Um, and then they, they're holding it and I say, okay, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And as I ask those questions, if it applies to you, remove a finger. And every time something applies to them, they remove oh. a finger. And at the end, I'm like, how does it feel holding that bowl? Uh, how does it feel? Is Is the weight of it... For, um, overflowing, And typically when we do that exercise, we're talking about how it feels for communities that are typically underrepresented when you're asking them, but we're making it available for you. Just come in, just do this. And they, they've got two hands on a bowl that is overflowing and they're just trying to keep the bowl upright. Um, so that's what that I'm taking me that, about. Sam. I'm Shay, I'm taking
0: that, Shay. I'm taking yeah, oh, you
1: can take it, it from take Sam. It. <laughs> I don't I'm know who that is. Sam. I'm taking it from Shay. Shay, I'm
0: taking that. I'm taking that.
1: You just need me, to come onto one of my definitely. trainings. I'll invite you. I'll invite you onto one of my trainings. So um this is just a thought that I would love to leave you with before I ask you the final question each. Um so it's one again on my human-driven engagement training, I get them to think about this. We often operate from a place we think. Um, sorry, let me start again. We often operate from a place where we think a verbal answer is definitive com- confirmation, but the real answers are often found in the unspoken. The question is how do we how do we build relationships that afford us access to the unspoken? And it's not a question for you to answer now or anything. It's something that I want to leave with the listeners, with the viewers, um, when you're thinking about that human-centered. Um, Human-driven engagement, remember that it's not just what people tell you. People will tell you what they think you want to hear quite often. Um, When surveys are uh, are given out, typically we give the questions that we know will lead to the answers we want. So let's start also thinking about the things that are found in the unspoken. And then I've put together, and I know it's quite small on your screen, but I've put together a couple of key things that are key to driving human-driven engagement. So demonstrate appreciation, understand capacity. It's what we just discussed. Take personal interest, Uh, Catherine on the train. Uh, Simplify routes to access and thereby progress, because most of us just wanna progress along. But if I don't have access, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going in that direction. Learn to listen with humility. Listening, we are taught that active listening is Mm, mm, Okay, what did you say? Body language in your direction. Let me just repeat what you said. But if I don't have the slightest bit of comprehension, I'm not actually going to be listening with humility. I'm just going to be repeating or following the steps of what active listening actually is. Understand the nuance in individuals, communities and in our cultures. We're not all the same, but we're not all completely different. And that's really important. And then understand culture, oh oh no, I was going to say I don't have eight things, there are eight things. Understand culture, inclusion and belonging. And I know that these, like we spoke about before, the terminology might be a phase, but the principle will always stand. And then finally, take purposeful actions. And then final slide for you, because this is not a, a you know, class. Um, the benefits of that include, it will build confidence, it aids effective collaboration. It impacts our lived experiences, unlocks potential, informs outcomes, and it empowers. And, you know, why wouldn't we want to, you know, engage in human-driven engagement? I use the word engage twice, but pretend you didn't hear it. Um, Why wouldn't we want to? You know, it's it's so important. It is what makes us so amazing um, in the world. So in wrapping up, my final question to you is and we're going to go around the screen in this order. So Naz, and then um, Catherine, and then Adra. My final question to you is this: What would you say to anyone who wants to tap into their ability to drive connection in a human-driven way?
2: Mm, my answer would be: um, Be a part of it. Uh, start. I always say, start from the roots. Start from the bottom because there's no point. Uh, being at the top trying to make decisions about people's lives or processes if you actually don't even know how it works yourself you need to start from the roots speak with the people who it actually affects and take it from there if if that is what you want the human driven way and the way forward and I think that's the best way to come up with a solution and that's something I use in my day-to-day life as well um I would never be out there trying to Think of how how is this going to work if I'm trying planning to make decisions. I'm like I'll be there out there. That's why my mom will complain when I come home muddy <laughs> because I was out there out there doing the gardening and sweeping. Because if I don't do all of that, how am I going to learn? Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine.
3: Um, so I would say um, look for opportunities to engage every day. You know, we had um, prior to the three years of COVID and pandemic and everything else, we had a minister for loneliness in Britain. I mean, what is that all about, that we actually need somebody in government to address this problem? So heaven knows, you know, we know, we know the scale of that problem today, three years later and the fear that people are living under the people that the fear that some people are still living under so what i would say is look for opportunities to engage don't wait for people to to reach out to you do what you can with what you've got from where you are and that is the, the, the first step in the right direction love
0: like that um i would basically say and i think it's it just literally echoes what these amazing women have said um be open be vulnerable and don't be suspicious I think so many times there's a suspicion towards people if someone comes up to you or someone you know sometimes you'll be in a place and be like why is she smiling at me maybe because she just wants to smile at you you know like or someone comes and up to you to ask you directions but they're kind of flustered you kind of back up like wait a minute you just like I would say kind of ease i'm saying remove all of you know the warning bells and stuff but just ease your suspicion down be open be vulnerable and just allow yourself to believe the best as far as you can because people are just looking to feel like they belong
1: what a perfect sentence to end on people are just looking to feel like they belong, oh, I love it, I love it. Um, thank you to all three of you for being on the panel today. I'm just gonna ask you, is there anyone, cause you know I lo- I'm i all about paying it forward. Is there anyone that you want people to go and check out? Um, it could be their social media, it can be a book, it can be anything. Are there any recommendations that you want to share with people? And again, it's just going the same order. So Naz, is there anyone for you that you want people to um, go and check out? Oh, interesting.
2: I know. People to check
1: out. <laughs> um, I, again, it doesn't have to. You can give it to me after, and when this yeah. goes live, I can put it in the doobly-doo. So don't don't stress too much over it. Yeah. It's just an opportunity if you want one. So don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> okay.
0: Yes. Yeah, so can I go first? Can I go first? You go first. You go first. <laughs> because she's going <laughs> to steal <laughs> your stuff. Because <laughs> I'm going to steal it. I want you to go and follow Catherine and Naz. I think sitting down with you two, no, I'm so serious, sitting down with you two, um, all three of us being from different backgrounds, different belief systems, but literally listening to you guys, you fed me today. Like, I feel like I have been, my soul has been fed um, by amazing women and I feel like sometimes you know, we, we're sending people to all these wonderful spaces, but actually there's answers right before you. And so for me personally, I'm about to go and follow you guys. So if I'm going to follow you, I want everybody else to follow you because um, you both shared from your hearts, And I feel so much more connected and I feel so much more um, seen not even just from a standpoint of of my thought process but as a woman I feel like you guys have really kind of poured into me so I would say please go and follow my amazing new sisters and they can't get rid of me now um, <laughs> Catherine and Naz and obviously if you are not following Shay, then I don't know what you're doing with your life <laughs> but yeah
3: right <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> Thank you. And likewise. So we're we we're, we're going to be following each other in circles. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> idea, sisters. Keep in touch. Thank you. <laughs> so, I,
3: I I would say, and you know, and, and I suppose you know whether you want to follow this person or not, it depends on your own political views and whatever. But at, at the beginning of this um this uh, this talk, I mentioned the book, um, the Jess Phillips book, uh, Truth to Power, Speaking Truth to Power. And it is just written in such a simple way about, you know, if you've got, if if there's a grievance, if there's a thing that you want to work on, if there's, that there is a way of going about it that will get you results. And there are a way you can stand there and shout and scream as much as you like. People aren't going to listen. They might pay you off, they might whatever. They're not, there's a way of doing it. And it's just mapped out so beautifully in that book. So that's something I've got those key steps. So if somebody's looking for a book to read, Um, and to have a look at you know where action can have results then you know that's that I think is is a recommendation.
1: Thank you and I've read quite a few of Catherine's recommendations they stand up so definitely Catherine as you were the last to speak where can the people find you?
3: Find me. I mean, LinkedIn is 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 where I live. So um, if you just have a look at my LinkedIn profile, it's Catherine O'Donnelly, and I'm you know I offer you know anybody who comes across my profile who hasn't spoken to me a half hour chat. Let's have a chat. Let's see where it goes. That half hour chat has led to some people setting up their own businesses because they never need to talk to me again. For other, it's just it's conversations. It's connecting. I spoke to 320 people last year. On a free half hour chat uh, to find out about their careers and it's it's just amazing so yeah that's that's where to find
2: me find me on LinkedIn
1: Thank you, Thank you. now where can the people find you
2: uh, so I can be found on uh, LinkedIn Facebook Twitter and Instagram uh, just search Nasmin Chowdhury and you, you should be able to find me there
1: Amazing I try, where can the people find you Um, you can, where
0: can you find me? You can find me wherever there is fun. I'm joking. (laughs) So I I am found on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I do have a LinkedIn that I need to pay more attention to, but because I'm now friends with Catherine, I will be in LinkedIn a lot more. So because I need to get I need to steal all her information and, and use it as mine. Um but no, so yeah, you can follow me and it's it's Adua uh God's girl Ramsey or most of them. But if you put in Adwa Ramsey I should pop up somewhere.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much. As Adra said earlier, I too have been fulfilled by this conversation. It's been fun and it has been um insightful and inspiring. So all that's left um, and and to you that are on the stream, you three ladies, don't leave. Um, we're saying goodbye, but we're saying goodbye to everyone else. So all that's left for us to do is say goodbye. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. <laughs> butterfly, butterfly, pretty butterfly.
0: When I see you flap I know when it's time for spring. Butterfly, butterfly. Pretty butterfly.